0: Medic 35 for a medical call, 1410 Richmond Parkway, cross street Eugene Hyman, key map 605 Henry. Medic 35.
1: All right. Welcome to the Fort Bend County Training Division podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Corey Williams. I'm here today with Chief of EMS, uh, Greg Temple. He's going to be talking to us today a little bit about the Fort Bend County Drowning Prevention Coalition. Uh, Chief, thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get into it, could you tell me a little bit about your background and and how the uh, coalition came together and how we got into that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, um, started to collect statistics on drownings in here in Fort Penn County uh, back in 2016. And unfortunately, what we were seeing was that the trend was simply that uh, drownings were increasing year after year. Um, one drowning in the county, you know, one child that loses their life is, is way too many. Uh, and we saw, uh, for instance, in one year, 24 mm-hmm. drownings. Um, of those 24, obviously, all were not fatal because we do deal with near drownings, mm-hmm. which are um, where a submersion does occur. However, um, through either bystander CPR or the efforts of the paramedics, um, the the patient's revived and they, and they do have uh, recovery. Um, but we do see quite a few fatalities. Yes. Um, so by creating the Drowning Coalition, what our goal is is to involve uh, private swim clubs uh, along with the public service of the EMS uh, and also the county um, to work together collaboratively to teach children how to swim, uh, how to float, uh, to provide parents and, and community members with a lot of tips uh, for increased safety around pools, bodies of water, uh, things along those lines. Um, so I'm proud to say that the, the City of Sugar Land Fire Department is mm-hmm. also one of our EMS partners in this. Um, and we've got um, the Texas uh, Swim School, we've got the Houston Swim School, uh, we've got Goldfish Swim School, and also Swim Labs in Sugarland um, as our as our private partners. Um, so there'll be more information coming out uh, with each of our each of our uh, public partners and things that they can offer our citizens. Uh, but this is a great collaboration between Fort Bend County uh, and and each of those businesses. Um, it is supported by the County Judge's Office, uh, Judge KP George. Um is very supportive of this initiative. Um, so our goal is is to have uh, fewer drownings, yeah, obviously. Um, so um, yeah,
1: yeah, and as you mentioned all those, we we will be uh, talking to some of those those private partners and and getting these guys on air so that that information is pushed out to the public. Um, so, as you're talking about our department and I'm a parent, I'm at home. And now we're at the local barbecue or we're hanging out around the pool and my child's falling into the water and I call 911. What, do you, what am I expecting from you guys? What do you, what's happening?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, first, when the caller calls 911, uh, first and foremost, they're going to talk to a call taker at a local 911 uh, center, whether it's a city or whether it's actually Fort Bend County. And uh, they're going to ask a series of questions to find out what's going on. And obviously the, the one of the most important things we, we need to get from the caller is an exact address and potentially even a cross street. Um, all pools are not entered into our CAD system, which helps direct our units to, to arrive on scene very, very quickly. That's a computer automated dispatch, and there's mapping that's involved in that. So we still need an address okay. of where these pools are located. Um as uh, as as we're wrapping up covid and as things are starting to subside uh one of the things that we've seen is that people are putting pools in their backyards mm-hmm. you know they want to do the social distancing so they want to keep their family at home and obviously uh, residential pools we don't have an address of every single pool and which house has them and, and which house doesn't et cetera. so they need to provide the nature that it was mm-hmm. a drowning or you know or that whether the person's been recovered um whether they're conscious and breathing um, and then the address and a, and a phone number um, to where you know 911 can call back if we get disconnected. Um, what that's going to initiate is, is several things. Um, Fort Bend County EMS works very closely with our fire department partners, and they act as what we call first responder organizations. Mm-hmm. So they're getting dispatched simultaneously alongside of our of our MICUs, our paramedic ambulances, uh, also our battalion chiefs, and in some areas we have uh, single paramedic squads. So you have a series of a tiered response. Okay. Um, even law enforcement officers that are in the area are, are going to be notified that, that this critical call is occurring. So that way they can arrive potentially, you know, minutes before uh, an ambulance or a fire truck um, where they're, they're also trained in CPR or law enforcement partners. Um, so you're going to get a lot of people. A mm-hmm. lot of people are going to show up very, very quickly. Um, and we're going to be there to, to essentially take over the scene from, you know, if it's a, if it's a staff pool, the lifeguard. Um, Or if it's family, then obviously we're going to step in and and take over uh, patient care from the the family members.
1: Exactly. So I've called 911 and and EMS is on the way. I'm I'm talking to the call taker. Um, Is there anything else that as a layperson right, uh, can do to be helpful? I, I think about some of the calls that I've made and... Maybe having if it's a party, right? Because this is usually where the stuff happens. It's, it's usually not we're at home and it's just the, the child by themselves, and that happens. It's usually there's people there. In those situations, um, I always found it helpful if there's a person available to be outside to kind of direct, right? Kind of mitigate, mitigate that time.
0: Yep. I think if you if you if you step that back, um, let's go back even to the event. And, and let's say that uh, one of the tips that, that's pushed nationally is that, you know, we have to assign a water watcher, okay. someone to watch the water. Uh, because in today's age of technology, you know, we're so hung up on our phones, our social media, our iPads, things like that, that we often have our attention driven away from the mm-hmm. pool. And that's where kids get lost very quickly. Um, so you have, even if it's a, a residential, you know, pool in your backyard, somebody has to be the, yeah. the adult, someone yep. has to be the lifeguard. Someone has to be that designated person to keep an eye on whoever's around the pool, because, you know, kids can slip in there so quietly, mm-hmm. uh, as they're playing and, and before you know it, you know, they're submerged and it doesn't take long, um, for them to be impacted. Um, so I would say that first let's, let's assign someone to watch the pool. Watch, yeah. watch that body of water. Um, and then secondly, is that if an incident does occur, let's get the child out of the pool uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, let's get them up onto the, to the side um, to where, you know, you can assess them and, you know, are mm-hmm. they breathing? Do we need to perform CPR? And then that leads me to the next uh, part of this is that even as a family member, you, sh- you should know how to do CPR, whether it's for maybe an elderly relative or for an event like this, so we definitely encourage folks um, to reach out, uh, whether it's to us or to, you know, the American Heart Association or to another local um, uh, vendor, to get CPR trained. Um, because again, if 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 the call, if the incident does result in cardiac arrest, if you can immediately start CPR um, upon noticing that the person's not breathing you're extending the possibility of them regaining a pulse even before we arrive um, so that's that's a great step um, as you mentioned you know get people out front so so they can flag down uh, the emergency responders and make sure that we you know we catch the right address especially if it's an if it's not an exact address or we're going to a cross street um, mm. to help us find it um, so that's that's great to post people out as well
1: uh, especially in those those residentials like you're saying chief the the we don't know where those are because they're not clearly marked um so as you're as you talking about drownings and, and we're responding in, in the near drowning what type of uh, care should the the family expect or so it kind of releases some of that we can maybe we can uh alleviate some anxieties when we see them doing our job right correct and this is this, this, this the, uh this emergency event
0: so obviously, if, if the person, if the child or, or the, even the adult's not breathing, um, we're going to go into to kind of our speed mode, right, right. where we, we're, we're going to jump in you know, with both feet as far as all patient care. You know, we're going to be doing CPR. Um, we're going to have someone managing the airway, um, which means uh, we're going to be inserting a breathing tube into the, the patient's lungs so that way we can start breathing for them. Um, we're going to be doing the chest compressions, which again, if you've never seen it, you know, somewhat, somewhat looks like what they do on TV, but obviously yeah. it's just, it's, it's definitely more powerful in person. Uh, the fact that we have to do an external compression, uh, in order to circulate blood so that for some people that's just too much. And, and obviously they're hopefully going to, um, move away from the area, uh, because it is going to be very emotional. Um, we're going to be starting, uh, an IV. Um, but, but actually, uh, another, uh, route for us to, to deliver medications is through, uh, through the bone marrow. Um, okay. so we have a, a medical drill, uh, that we can actually drill into the shoulder or to the lower leg and it goes into the, the bone marrow and then we're able to push our medications that way and it gets to the heart just as fast as an IV. Um, but, uh, but the, again, uh, the general public just doesn't normally see that. So, Correct. um, so sometimes there's questions about, you know, what we're doing, why we're doing it. Um, again there's going to be a lot of people there so somebody's going to be assigned to get demographics and history Um, so they're going to interview uh, witnesses or Mm -hmm. family members and try to get as much information of the patient as possible Um, because again that can help our help our care Um, so that's going to be going on Um, and again there's going to be a lot of equipment our stretcher Um, there's going to be fire trucks and ambulances and support vehicles and things like that there so it's it's a it's a very large response because we want to we want to put all effort possible mm-hmm. into into making this a better situation and, and hopefully uh, if everything if this chain of survival that we're all pitching in to try to help uh, maintain if that holds true and works well and and, and we, we do everything possible we're hoping that we're going to get pulses back
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and that's going to turn from a drowning to a near drowning. And we're hoping that uh, when the patient you know, goes to the hospital that they're going to be able to recover.
1: Like you said, uh, I'm glad you mentioned it, like the chain of survival. That starts with the layperson, right? And, Absolutely. And, and seeking out the training. And, and Fort Bend County offers those services, right, to the, yes. the community.
0: Now, if they can reach out to our training division. Um, if you go to our website, which is fbcems.org, um, you can reach out to our training division. We do have a uh, the ability to come out to your local organization and provide CPR training. Uh, we can go from the, the most basic all the way up through healthcare provider, um, which is actually using uh, an automated external defibrillator as well. Uh, so we can tailor our courses to meet the needs of the community, the HOA, et cetera. Um, yeah. and, we, and we can definitely reach out to do that. Uh,
1: uh, um, so... You were also talking, to, I heard you saying when the crew shows up and care is being provided and they're asking these questions, it's okay for family members to ask what's going on, right? That's totally acceptable.
0: Absolutely, yes. And and, and a lot of times it, when you're faced with a situation that's under high stress like that um, and the family has a lot of questions, We'll try to dedicate someone to stay with them and kind of choreograph what's happening so that way they can see all the care that's being provided. We're essentially a, a rolling emergency room. Mm-hmm. The care that we're providing in the backyard is exactly what's going to be happening in the emergency room. Um, but but the parents and the family members or the the witnesses, you know, the, the witnesses. Yeah. You know it, it is good for us um, to explain to them what we're doing, why we're doing it, uh, to just show them the continuity of care. Um, so we're, we're also going to look at, at transport decisions. Uh, for instance, um, in some cases, in most cases, we'll take the person by ground in the ambulance. Um, but for, in some instances, we may use a helicopter, uh, specifically for pediatric patients, if we want to mm-hmm. get them downtown to the Texas Medical Center to a higher level of patient care, uh, especially if we've done uh, all, of, you know, all of our work and we've stabilized the patient, uh, and we've regained pulses, and we want to make sure that we're getting them to the highest level of care possible. We may call a helicopter, so you may see us leave a scene and go to an area parking lot uh, to meet the helicopter as they land uh, so again look we're looking at speed and efficiency of transport yes. uh, to get them to definitive care
1: uh, so you know for not just the lay people but for the e m s providers that are also listening um our service does use hand heavy, and one of the things that they promote is bring the care of the patient. And it's not going to be uncommon that we might be on scene for a while until we get to a point to transport that's and a, make those
0: decisions. Yes, that's a great point. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times um, the, the public will, will see us on scene for 30, 40 minutes um, because we are working to stabilize the patient. And, and what we've found, and, and again, that national studies have shown this as well, is that Trying to be expeditious, sometimes you lose the efficiency there to to where your care is not being completed. Um, So we're slowing down. We're doing all the care as perfectly as we can. We're maximizing our our medical director-led protocols. Um, We're we're using all of our equipment uh, to try to have a positive outcome. So you may see a sit-on scene for an extended period of time, but care is constantly being done in the back of that ambulance uh, before we start moving towards definitive care at the hospital
1: awesome um so uh, rolling it back and and again those in those events it feels like time takes forever it's moving really slow mm-hmm. um, and they call 911 what is the i guess i don't want to say average but average yeah. response time before i i call 911 and I'm in my emergency. My, my child's drowned. Mm-hmm. How soon should I be looking for the ambulance?
0: Yep. So that's, a, that's it's always a question we see. And you're, you, you absolutely hit the nail on the head um, because we've had some feedback from, from folks that have called after the fact and, and want to know how long it took because, you know, in their eyes, it took 20 minutes. And when we actually go back and look at the the dispatch time, the times we had wheels rolling, and the time we arrived on scene, it was only, for instance, nine minutes. Um, so, so there is, there absolutely is that time standing still type um, feeling that the family gets. So, when when a, a call is dropped, when a, when a, a call is uh, put into the nine one one center, uh, within seconds, okay, within fifteen to thirty seconds. You know the, the call is answered. We're starting. The dispatchers are starting to pull information, um, and we're starting to re, Starting to direct resources. Um, so within 60 seconds of of a 911 call, um, we're being dispatched. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, within another 60 seconds, our crews are out the door. Um, tires are rolling. We're heading that direction. Um, same way with our first responders. A lot of times we are dual dispatched, essentially okay. at the same time. Um, so, so the fire department units are being sent, um, the law enforcement units, you know, again, once, once EMS handles the, the dispatch of our trucks, then they, then they reach over to the law enforcement side and and have an officer or officers start to respond. So generally within seconds, things are starting to be in motion. Mm -hmm. Um, you could expect our average response time is about six and a half minutes. Um, that's County wide, um, the 90th percentile that we've been continually striving to reduce um, is about just over 11 minutes. Okay. So the way we look at that is that five out of 10 times, you're going to get an ambulance at your front door within about six minutes. Okay. Nine out of 10 times, it may take as long as 11, but usually not more than that. So between six and 11 minutes, is you're going to have an ambulance at your house. And then more times than not, it's on the lower end of that.
1: Gotcha. And, and again, that ties back to what you said before about that chain of survival and, and getting the training in as a layperson to uh, mitigate that, that time, that response time. Um, so as we're getting to the end here, we're going to wrap up here. What advice other than, than training would you have for parents and pool owners as pools are going up with these new constructions?
0: Yeah, the uh, if you go to... to uh... The federal website, um, swim sa- I believe it's swimsafely.org. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually pull a lot of resources there. Uh, but a lot of things are have a gate, have a lockable gate around your pool. Um, make sure that your door locks work. If your child is missing and you can't find them around your house, the first place you should look is the pool. Um, the children need to be taught to float And swim early at early ages. And again, as we uh, interview our, our, our public, I'm sorry, our private partners, um, they're going to be able to offer these types of classes. Um, you know, in some cases that, you know, children need to make sure that they have the PFD on Mm -hmm. if they're going to be in their pool. Um, there's, uh, aftermarket things they can buy, you know, for instance, there's like a PFD that goes on a wrist, that, you know, once it's, it's submerged for a period of time, it's going to inflate and, oh, wow. and bring the child to the surface. So there's there's really a, a slew of, of things that they can do. Um, the, main, the main tip I can give is just stay cognizant. Stay present when you're at your pool enjoying the summertime. And, and especially here in Texas, you know, mm-hmm. we get nine months of pool time <laughs> uh, versus, you know, folks up in the northeast and things like that that barely get, you know, a couple months. Um, but stay present in the moment, um, enjoy the time with your family, but keep an eye on that water. Um, if you have items in the pool that are floating around, if they're not in use, pull them out because children can submerge underneath, you know, floating rafts and things like that. And it'll obscure your vision. You won't know that they're on the bottom of the pool because of those floating devices Mm -hmm. that are there, you know, those toys. Um, so remove those and, and get those out of the pool. Um, Please go to our, our Facebook site, uh, Fort Bend County EMS. We'll have tips on that um, to try to help parents uh, just make sure that they're aware of things that they can do, just simple things that, that we can do as parents, as pool, responsible pool owners, et cetera. Uh, signage, you know, for your HOA pools, make sure you have a sign with the address. Uh, if you have a, a phone there, put the phone number on it so that way – uh, if you have to call 911, uh, the 911 dispatchers, you know, you can give them that number. So yeah. they call directly to the pool, and plus it helps us identify the address. Learn CPR, you know, that's a, that's one thing we talked about. You know, that's that's always great whether you're, you know, shopping at the HEB and someone has a medical yeah. emergency, you can intervene. But it, it obviously in this situation, we're talking about pool safety and drownings. It It's it definitely paramount. Well, well,
1: and and. Uh, as you mentioned, the different ways to find us, we're going to put all that links and descriptions and things in to the podcast. And, uh, you were talking about signage. I saw that on the Fort Bend County Facebook page, you guys posted the coalition posted about signage and yes. and how that works. So yeah, there's plenty of information out there and I was kind of looking into some stuff. I found some things, uh, on the internet that, I didn't know it even existed, you know, as far as, it, like you said, safety and PFDs and, and just the water safety devices. So mm-hmm. do your research. It's very important.
0: And, and actually that website I, I referred to, I, I misspoke. It's poolsafely.gov, and we'll put that on there as well. But there's a ton of resources and educational materials on that on that website.
1: Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap it up, Chief. Um, that was good. I think that everything we're doing with this these this series of uh, podcasts, will be very beneficial to our our Fort Bend County residents and anyone else that's listening because they can find information that I, as a parent, i am learning a lot. So,
0: Very good. I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you for listening to the Fort Bend County EMS Training Division podcast. Fort Bend County EMS is providing this podcast as a public service and or for educational purposes, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of Fort Bend County EMS policy reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by Fort Bend County EMS. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views and opinions expressed by Fort Bend County EMS employees are those of employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of Fort Bend County EMS or any of its command staff. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our chief of EMS via his administrative assistant or email us at clinical.division.ems at Yep,